Welcome to 10. I'm Shauna Dorsey, Executive Director of the Nebraska Tech Collaborative, powered by the Exarban Foundation, here with my guest co-host. Now this is your second time or your nth time, let's just say that, because we don't know when this will air. This is Grace's nth time co-hosting <laughs> with me. Best yes. time. Yes, I'm Grace Kane, the Project and Communications Coordinator for the Nebraska Tech Collaborative, and we are joined today with Joni Cobb. I'm a Director at Creative Planning which has a big old office here in Omaha, I learned recently. <laughs> awesome. Nice. So Joni is um, not a Nebraska native, but built something no. pretty special here. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to Nebraska the first time? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I might not be a Nebraska native, but I am a huge Nebraska fan. Awesome. And anyone that knows me well knows that I think had I landed here after college, I would have never left. Aww. So I love Nebraska. Um and, and that's really true. I'm not yes. just shining you on. We'll I talk know. about it. Um, <laughs> when So I started um, with the help of the state of Kansas uh, back in 2006, an organization called Pipeline Entrepreneurs. And after about five years, the Kauffman Foundation came in and helped us scale it. But the rule to scaling that we created together was we were only going to go someplace physically that had partnership, not just financially, but intellectual, like enthusiastic partnership. Mm -hmm. And so I would get in my car with entrepreneurs that were excited to do it. And I remember coming to Nebraska and it was by far the best meetings that we had out of all of our partnership meetings. And Nebraska actually was the first area to come on board fully. And, um, and it was really interesting to me because I really didn't have robust relationships up here. And the, and I say up here because I live in Kansas City, yeah. and um, the entrepreneurs that came with me were actually from Kansas City and Wichita, but they had relationships with investors and folks like the lenders and others who had helped their companies and said, I think they would be really, really um, collaborative. And they really were, and I won't wax poetic too long, I'll wait for your questions, but uh, Nebraska became part of, we called the pipeline family before calling things a family was things everyone throws around on television now, like toilet paper family or Sprint <laughs> or whatever. Uh, it really became a family, and Nebraska is an instrumental beating heart of Pipeline, and still is. I have many friends up here, which I hope to see today. Wonderful. Um, so what are you up to today? You know what? Sorry, my bad. Co-host Grace. I am so sorry. Oh, I you're get, good. Like, what yes. I you're up. So what are you doing now these days? Yeah, so when I finally decided to step down from Pipeline, and when I finally kind of finished up transition, it was March of 2020. Mm. Kind of an interesting time, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so I had uh, a good friend of mine, Laura McKnight, who had come on board with Peter Maluk, the, the, you know, the owner, the CEO of Creative Planning that said, we want you to come in and help us introduce what we do to entrepreneurs, people who've exited, all sorts of people that you know. And I thought, wow, I don't know that that's really a great place for me. I don't know that much about wealth management. And I tell you what, after two years of doing it part-time, it was really easy for them to talk me into it doing full-time. So now I feel like it's a natural progression of what I've done. I've helped um, entrepreneurs and the people around them do what they want to do because of their passion, but certainly a byproduct is creating wealth for themselves and others. And now my job is to help them maintain it or before they go and spend it all on the next venture, right, to make sure their families are taken care of. And so, and there's many other things that they do besides wealth management at creative planning. And so I introduced that to people. So I have a lot of my former pipeline people and the people around them have now become clients. And, um, and then I pass them off to the great, great Peter Maluk who helps them figure out what to do next. So I have a great job. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's the best situation is to have a job you love, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. I think that's very important. So um, outside of creative planning, you're also involved for the Indy 
Center for Entrepreneurship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a board member of the Center for American Entrepreneurship for a long time. And this year I'm the chair of the board. And it was really an honor when they approached me the first time. They created it out of a, a lot of research that was done that said essentially there was no one organization based in Washington, D.C. advocating for entrepreneurs. And there was some in the tech community, but specifically around those issues where that where they intersect. Um, and so with Kauffman Foundation and others, they came on board and funded. Um, this is a nonprofit, nonpartisan advocacy. It's an educational advocacy group. It's not a lobbying group. And um, the board is comprised of entrepreneurial experts, both investors, former entrepreneurs, people like myself who helped entrepreneurs from all over the country. Um, and we have many, many luminaries involved. So it's an honor to chair the board this year and then help make sure that we're proposing policy that is positive for all entrepreneurs and, frankly, a lot of people just in the tech community. Mm-hmm. And I am not the person to ask about this, all the specific policies, but if you go to the Center for American Entrepreneurship, they have them all listed and you can get involved. That's fantastic. Um, and thanks for the introductions you've made. I'm learning a lot about this. And like you said, it affects all of us. Like yeah. if the policies aren't great, it makes it hard to start businesses and maintain them, et cetera. So yeah. And how yeah. much, you know, federal policy you don't realize affects, you know, the community. They mm-hmm. say, just stay out of our way, stay out of our business. Well, guess what? It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you really do need proactive policy or you don't realize that a policy is about to pass is going to have an unintended consequence mm-hmm. on folks right in your backyard running their companies. Right. Right. Um, so I was going to ask, you mentioned earlier that you really love Nebraska. So yep. what are some of your favorite things about this great state? Oh, wow. I didn't even have to pull a card. <laughs> to find it. Um, so I'll talk professionally and then I'll just talk kind of what I would call atmospherically. <laughs> so professionally, clearly, um, the sense of collaboration and the partnership that Nebraska has, people throw that word around. But I want to tell you, you know the difference when you come into a community or state that is truly collaborative. When I came up here, no one knew me. They kind of knew some of the people at the table with me. and But they dug in. They did research. They asked questions. We had a ton of meetings. And then they were like, well, why wouldn't we join up with this? We're leveraging effort and money that has been spent by another state and other people. And we get to join when things are really cooking. And so they completely got it, right? And didn't feel threatened. And so it's that that we, we can go bigger older and faster together as opposed to just we're staying up here and we're Nebraska and we don't need you. Mm -hmm. They were like, of course we need you. We're, you know, we know we're not huge and we know that there's things you do that maybe you can introduce us to people down there or over here and we can create collaborations and collaborations absolutely came out of it. I mean, they were right. So from a business standpoint, I want to say that that sense of collaboration is strong. Mm -hmm. I would also say that sense of um, innovation is very strong here. Um, a lot of cities have like a segment that is all about it. But when you come up here, you realize that it is pervasive. Everybody's like, what more could we be doing? What, you know, what, what could we build? What are we lacking? Where are our gaps? And everybody goes over um, after it as a community to tackle it. And I just think it's so obvious and clear that, that there's a lot of consensus here about that mm-hmm. and a lot of partnerships. So I love that. Atmospherically, I was so shocked at how, what a creative community is up here. I was telling one of my friends on the way up here, I saw my first furry here. Do you know what a furry is? <laughs> no, do you? You know, I don't know what that is. Fully I like, do. Okay. They, yeah. Grace, they say it like better than me. They like fully embody like an animal. Okay. And like, dress. They'll dress up like it. They will, you know, like play it out kind of. Gotcha. <laughs> I saw my first furry. I was at La Bavette having a glass of wine. Oh my I gosh. I had to think, was this the wine? 
And, uh, <laughs> and I looked across the street and here came two of them and I'm like taking video and I'm sending them to people I know. And they're like, Oh, those are furries. And, and this was, you guys, this was like six, seven years ago. This wasn't like oh. last week. Right. Okay. And, um, and I know that's just one little thing, but my point is, is that there is a high degree of, a, of, um, acceptance and experimentation and a sense of adventure in Nebraska in Lincoln too, mm -hmm. not just Omaha. And I'm sure everywhere else I don't know of, but of this artistic and trying things out and having fashion week and supporting the arts. Mm -hmm. And it's just such an artistic community. And I did not really expect that. I'd heard about the zoo forever growing up and let's go up to Nebraska Furniture Mart on a trip and Mutual Omaha's here. You know, I heard kind mm -hmm. of what are really wonderful things. I just, those are the things that I knew about. And then I came up here and was just floored by it. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan atmospherically. And of course the people, yes. um, very welcoming, um, still to this day, if I'm up here or I'm up here with my husband or anyone else in my family, everybody wants to know where we are, what mm -hmm. we want to do, go out for lunch. If I introduce them to people, uh, one of, you know, you all have had uh, Broadway dreams come here and do their camps. And I have a, a Broadway kid and she, her first camp she ever did was up here in Omaha and got to experience the art community up here. So atmospherically, mm -hmm. big fan. And I love the the tagline, it's not for everyone. Yeah, I would agree with that. You don't want to be for everyone. Yeah. You, you want to be amazing. There you go. Yeah. It's that's, really great. That's to, the spin. Yeah. It's really great to hear from like a, a non-Nebraska native how great Nebraska is. Yeah. Right. Like we all think it is. Yes. <laughs> but it just is more affirming from an outsider. Agreed. Yeah. Really mean it. Like I said, it's yeah. a, I mean, my family's glad I, I stayed in Kansas City, but, you know, when I came up here, I was like, yes, if I would have come up here like post-law school or post-college and kind of got settled in, it would have been a very difficult place to leave. Got it. We're out of time. Oh, my you gosh. You did it. Fantastic. Thank you, Joanne, for being with us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I answered any other things you wanted me to talk about. It's perfect. Okay, I didn't get to do this. Though. I know. See, you know, it will get. To yeah, but it kind of did because I talked about furries, and there how else would that have come up? <laughs> That's had true. you not seen a weird card that said like, "What's the coolest thing you've seen mm -hmm. in Nebraska?" Yeah, in Nebraska. I don't there know if it's go. the coolest thing. <laughs>